Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and joining me is LPJ professional Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts. We're broadcasting live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the blogtalkradio.com network, bringing you some of the best golfers, teaching professionals, and entrepreneurs helping to elevate women's golf. We're so glad you decided to join us this morning, so grab your coffee and let's get started. All right, good morning, and thank you, everybody, for joining us here this morning on the Women of Golf Show. We're very excited to uh, uh, to have you join us. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside, of course, each and every week is LPJ professional and Legends Tour player Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts of the Women of Golf. Good morning, everybody, and good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. How are you? I'm doing very, very well. I'm very, very excited this morning. We've got a couple of great guests. Uh, hopefully, everything will... We'll hold Pat. Uh, joining us first in a little bit, as uh, soon as she's available, uh, will be another, uh, in fact, a second-time winner here on the Symmetra Tour, Jillian Hollis. She was with us back in, I believe, April 2nd. Uh, if I remember correctly, she won the Iowa Championship a little bit earlier on in the season, and then she won the Forsyth Classic just this past weekend on the Symmetra Tour. So that's two wins for the season, and I think that's her uh, second professional win as well. So she's, I'm sure, very excited. Uh, she's going to be joining us. And then a little bit later on, the LPGA president and member of the Teaching and Club Professionals uh, Division, Vicki Getz-Ackerman, is going to be joining us as well. Very excited to have her on. But um, So let's catch up a little bit while we wait for uh, Jillian to come on board. Uh, so what's been cooking for Cindy Miller this, this past uh, weekend and, and few days since we talked last? Um, hmm. So last Tuesday, I did uh, a keynote for the Independent Bankers of New York State. I had to think, where have I been and what have I been doing? And all the presidents (laughs) of all the independent banks of New York State were at Turning Stone Resort. And I was there doing an event, having a ball, and um, we played in a golf tournament. We won. And then we came back to Buffalo, and we fixed golf swings and golf games all week. What about, Perfect. oh, and my daughter had a baby. How about that? Oh, That's a big deal. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, I hate to, yeah, you don't want to miss that. Congratulations to the Miller family. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, you can't gloss over that last one. Last Wednesday, <laughs> yeah, last Wednesday, Where? she texted, I'm on a girl, Kennedy Christian. Girl. Yeah, a girl. Wow. And um, so I'm flying down there Thursday to help her. They both work at the Golf Channel. And yep. gratefully, Kelly gets a long time off because NBC Universal is a great place to work. But Ben had to go back to work, so I'm going to go help her because they have a three-year-old, Kingsley, and now they have right. Kennedy, and Kelly's going to be spinning plates. So Mommy's going to go help her and meet the new baby and spoil everybody rotten. How about that? Right. That sounds perfect. Well, I see Jillian's ready. Congratulations to the Miller family. Another adi- a beautiful addition and uh, lots of good memories uh, to be had, I'm sure, as, as time goes on. Um, all right, our, our very special guest to start things off, as I mentioned, uh, Cindy, is Jillian Hollis. She was the winner of this past weekend's Forsyth Classic on the Symmetra Tour. Uh, she's 22 and from Rocky River, Ohio. Uh, she made her professional debut at the 2018 U.S. Women's Open, uh, spent three years at the University of Georgia, and was a three-time All-American two-time all-SEC second-team selection before becoming uh, named to the first team in 2018. Uh, she also competed in the 2014 Canadian Pacific Women's Open, as well as the 2016 N18 Marathon Classic on the LPJ Tour. Uh, made uh, the cut in eight of 12 starts in her rookie uh, campaign on the Symmetra Tour last season, uh, but lost in a sudden-death playoff in her Symmetra Tour debut at the 2018 Foresight Classic. So she obviously uh, a little bit of... Um, payback, if you will, to that particular tournament because she won this year. Uh, she stepped into the winner's circuit, of course, first time in her professional career at the 2019 IOA Championship a little bit earlier on this season. So, Cindy, let's welcome our first guest this morning, Jillian Hollis. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Miss Cindy, congratulations on your uh, grandchild. <laughs> I was listening Thank in. You. It's so exciting. Yes, it is so exciting. Thank you, and congratulations to you on number two. 
Thank we want you to be on you. every week. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes, it's very exciting. I'm uh, like I said, or like Ted, Ted said, I'm very happy that um, I was able to get the win this year after a four-hole playoff last year. <laughs> yeah, that's got a that's got a sting redemption. a Yeah, that's that's the word yes, I was looking definitely. for. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's got to sting a little bit when you get into the playoff. You play really well, and and then unfortunately you didn't uh, uh, end up being the ultimate winner of that. But you came back uh, with a vengeance this year and made sure that it happened. Um, so, Cindy, I'm just going to start things off with that. We'll talk a little bit about the tournament and that. But um, so this makes, as I said, win number two for you this season. Iowa Championship being the first, and Forsyth Classic being uh, the most recent. How does that feel now, knowing that you uh, not won once? but actually twice. The first win, you know, you kind of, okay, great. Uh, it, that sort of, you know, feels like, okay, I know I can do it, but uh, win number first two gives you a whole... super exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's what I, what I was get, getting at in my long, very long dragged out question was, does that give you a little bit more momentum and reinforce, um, you know, what it is that you know you need to do to, to close the deal out there? Oh, definitely. And I mean, uh, winning is always great for confidence and just to know that everything's paying off. And I really, you know, go into every week just trying to get a little bit better um, and just trying to, you know, improve some aspects of my game. Um, There are still some things last week that I could improve on as well. And I'm just going to take those and kind of move forward with that same mindset. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that's um, a, a great way to phrase it, if you will. Um, you know, and again, I, you know, you hate to take away from any wins, but, you know, the first win, I think it's, you know, it, it's just something that, okay, great. It, it, it's, it lets you know that you've got the ability to do it, but, and it's obviously very special to have that first win. But I think once you win again, that reinforces that, that statement a little bit further and gives you a little bit more momentum for the season. And also, uh, just to let the folks know, you actually now catapult into the number one position on the Volvo race for the card, uh, of course, for the LPGA. Um, so that obviously gives you some extra excitement. Um, something I want to talk, we're, we're going to talk a little bit um, about some of the things that you do to prepare for tournaments uh, and maybe a little bit about your fitness routine, if you have one and that sort of thing. But Cindy, I'm going to let you go ahead. You may have uh, some other questions you want to ask her. I actually so, just got back from the gym <laughs> now that we're on the phone. <laughs> Good girl. Where are you right now? Uh, we are in Harris, Michigan, up in the Upper Peninsula. So if anybody is around this area and wants to come watch some golf, we're playing at uh, Sweetgrass. Um, it's beautiful up here. So nice. And when do you come to Rochester for the Danielle Downing Classic? In a few weeks? That is in, yes. So we have we go to Cincinnati next week for the Prasco. Um, and then we have a week off, and we go to um, – I forget where we go. I didn't play the tournament last year. But the week after um, that, we go to Rochester. So I believe it's the second week in – the third week in July. Cool. I might bring some of my girls over. Oh, uh, my girls golf. Yeah. So I may need to get your contact info from Zach if that's all right. Definitely, of course. Okay, cool. Um, So my question to you is, I like what you said, I try to get a little bit better each week. How do you determine what you need to attempt to get better at? Oh, I I keep my stats every week and um, just make sure. uh, I've been doing that for the past year now, just keeping my stats and kind of seeing a pattern and – Um, trying to see where, you know, if you can make birdies on these holes or if you have birdie opportunities. Like, sometimes it's not always putting or it's not always um, chipping. You know, you you have to look at the patterns. It might be ball striking or whatnot. Or if you're missing greens, which side of the green you're missing them on. Um, So just small things like that. I've been working with my coaches, um, I work with Gareth Wyslewski. He does a lot of the uh, putting and short game work for the LPGA. And uh, my other coach, Scott Hamilton, we work on with my swing. Um, and I just kind of, I talk to them 
um, almost you know, every week uh, just trying to figure out how I can get better and, you know, if there is a pattern, uh, how to break that. And I'm constantly in communication with them, and they're always helping me. Awesome. Ted? So let's um, let's talk about, since you mentioned you just came from the gym, uh, let's talk about fitness and things like that. Obviously, you know, all of you young ladies out in the Symmetra Tour and, and LPGA Tours, uh, obviously keep yourselves in good shape in that. But what do you do specifically? I mean, because obviously you're, you're not there, uh, I would assume, lifting a bunch of heavy weights. You have a specific routine, uh, I would assume. Tell us a little bit about that. What do you do um, to just kind of keep yourself in, in good golf shape, if you will? Right. So it's Tuesday, and we don't tee off until Friday um, officially. So I actually did lift some heavy weights today just because I know I have some days to recover. So it's just kind of being smart in that sense, you know, not going into the gym and saying, okay, I haven't been to the gym in three weeks, so I need to lift a lot of really heavy weights right now. And I think that's where people get in trouble is they see these golfers lifting heavier weights than they're used to, but really they've been training for weeks and months and have built up to those weights. So I think being smart and finding somebody that can help you with your fitness plan, um, we're lucky enough to have a trainer that uh, travels with us on our tour. So I bounce a lot of ideas back and forth with him um, because he coaches a lot of people, even outside of our tour, um, just with fitness and everything. So I I think just being smart in that sense, um, I try to go to the gym every day and take one day off. during the week so like I took yesterday off because it took eight hours to get up here from our last tournament so my body needed a little bit of rest but I think just listening to your body is the most important and um, I found that working out um, makes me less tired Um, even when I am feeling a little tired or fatigued uh, I'll go to the gym and feel so much better yeah, I, I agree. I think that's important to to do a lot of those different things. And I want to just specifically dial in on something, as you mentioned, you know, you did uh, get into a little bit heavier weight. Is that mainly to focus on the lower body, like your legs? Is that where you're really doing more of the heavy weights, um, not so much your upper body? And if um, so, why? Yes, I do. I do lower body, but I do upper body as well because for so long – I didn't lift heavier, you know, I'm saying heavy weights, but I'm not lifting like 200 pounds bench presses. <laughs> um, right. I'm, I, I definitely, I definitely do heavier weights with, with squats and everything just right. to, I, cause I like working at my lower body a lot. I feel more stable when I have that. Um, and with my upper body, I actually have been, I, I had an injury about two ish years ago. Um, almost two years ago with my, my upper, it's like the rib heads in my back. I was out for a couple of tournaments and it was just from overuse and over golfing. And, um, I didn't do anything really to strengthen it because I was scared that I would hurt it even more. And I really needed what I, I had weak spots in that area. So I really needed to continue to strengthen it and strengthen the muscles around it so I could play as much golf as I do. And I think right. lifting weights is super important for longevity. And everybody's different. You know, some people might lift sure. heavier weights in different areas, but it, you have to cater to your own body. Well, and you, you mentioned, too, that, you know, there's somebody that travels around on the tour that you can go to and bounce some ideas off. Is it a yeah, good idea, do you think? And, and, and the reason that. Right, and the reason why I'm about to ask you what I'm going to ask you is is because obviously you guys have access to that where, you know, not everybody out there um, thinks of it or has the, the same opportunity, but do you guys normally have an assessment done before you get into any sort of fitness routine? Like, do you make sure that you kind of have an overbody uh, or overall body assessment done by a trainer before you get into spe- uh, specific routines just to make sure that oh, you're not, that- you know, yeah, go ahead. Yes. Definitely. So I've just been exposed to weight training for a, a long, a long time now. Um, I work with Randy Myers down in Sea Island, and he works with a lot of the PGA Tour guys and the Web and Canadian guys out of Sea Island. Um, so I I talked to him quite a bit. I actually talked to him yesterday as well. Um, so I I've talked to him 
for 10 years now, I want to say. Um, I've just been going down there. I have some family down there, so I've been lucky enough to work with him. And then being at Georgia, um, we had access to so many different, you know, we had our trainers at Georgia, but we had access to so many different facilities and equipment as well as multiple trainers as everybody's a little bit different in how they um, approach their weightlifting schedule and everything and people for different, mm-hmm. like different bodies, different body types. Um, so I've just had all different kinds of exposure to that. So I've been able to take bits and pieces of what people have given me. Obviously um, I follow a specific plan that Randy has given me over the years. Um, as well as talk to my trainer, like if I'm, you know, you, you play golf as much as we do on this tour, you're going to have something that eventually hurts you or that's bothering you because right. we all swing one way. So he mm-hmm. might say, okay, we'll do, go do this exercise in the gym and it'll strengthen these areas. So it's just, it's nice to be able, because you have to switch it up from week to week a little bit. Um, so it's, it's nice to have all the resources that I do. And, you know, you can find that access as well, even if you go to, you know, if you don't have, like, the state-of-the-art resources, you can go to, like, a Planet Fitness. I used to belong to one of those, and they'll have trainers in there that can do body assessments and help you get a workout plan uh, somewhat tailored to you. So you're not just going in there and lifting, lifting weights where you're not supposed to. Yeah, because that's something important. You know, people don't realize that. They think of fitness and everybody sort of has something, a mental picture, especially if they're not used to doing that um, on a regular basis. And they get in there and they start hurling weights around. And the next thing you know, they're injuring themselves there. And then they've pretty much put themselves out of their, um, you know, their weekly golf uh, routine because they they just can't physically do it. One other thing I want to ask you, and then, Cindy, I'm going to bounce it back to you. Um, Obviously, in addition to good fitness, uh, good nutrition is is, uh, important as well. Are you pretty religious when it comes to your nutrition as well? Uh, do you kind of watch what you eat uh, or you kind of backslide a little bit, especially after winning an event, kind of treat yourself to something that maybe you normally wouldn't eat? Give us an idea of what you do. Um, so recently I've been eating very healthy. I've tried to cut out carbs. Um, uh, not not all carbs, like fruits are still okay and um, complex carbs are good, but uh, more things like starchy things I try to cut out just because it makes me tired and I have less energy, I feel. Um, but definitely after you win a tournament, I mean, you can't just, uh, you know, a lot of people can't even eat gluten or anything. So um, that's just a, a lifestyle for them. I actually have a severe peanut allergy, so it keeps me from mm. eating a lot of unhealthy things. Like right. I don't go to any ice cream shops or anything. So I'm I'm pretty used to eating a an organic diet just because I can't eat a lot of things that are packaged. Um, right. So I guess it definitely during the week I'd try to eat very healthy and then I'll give myself one day where, you know, you can eat something. You don't want to be super mean to yourself. Um, but getting <laughs> yeah. your routine is the most important. Um, I've learned that like when you go on the fad diets or the, the, extreme workout plans like okay I'm going to go do an hour hour of cardio every day and lift all these weights and not eat any dairy or any meat or any carbs like that's just silly because it won't it won't last because you'll just be miserable all the time so I've slowly (laughs) worked my way into that um and just kind of stuck to it it was hard the first couple weeks but um just kind of sticking to it and uh, making a plan for yourself and, you know, being, being honest with yourself, what, what you can do and what you don't think you can do at that time and being nice to yourself, you know, don't, don't starve yourself for sure. Right. I definitely eat a lot. (laughs) Well said. Well, you know what, but you burn it off because you're, you're active all the time. So you're, and you're still quite young yet. So you can, uh, you can afford to, to, you know, do that a little once in a while, but, um, um, great advice because I think it's important for, for the listeners to understand that, you know, you guys do, um, you know, it's not just they, they look at the excitement of traveling on tour and they think, Oh yeah, they probably eat the best restaurants. They do all this, they do all that, but you know, you've got to really watch what you do and, and how you uh, take care of yourself to be able to play at your best, to be able to win these tournaments. So, um, very interesting, uh, um, 
discussion. Cindy, uh, go ahead. So today's Tuesday, and you don't play until Friday. Can you give us um, an idea of your schedule for the week of what you would do to practice? Like um, I know so you said yes, yesterday, I, you had an eight-hour drive. Right. So what would you do so today? Not, I took t- yesterday off. I'll probably go do some short game today. Um, I'm just gonna trying to figure out what the weather is doing right now because it was supposed to storm all morning and now it's sunny. So things change and you have to adjust. But um, yeah, I'll probably go do short game today. I'll go see my trainer um, and might get a look at the golf course. But I have I'm playing in a pro am on Thursday. So I'll play I'll play 18 that day and I'll probably play nine or so tomorrow, as well as awesome. practicing in between all those times. <laughs> so you won't play today. Um, I may if if weather permits and everything, but if I do go out on the golf course, I probably won't swing swing any clubs. I'll probably just go putt around or take some notes. Um, just because we're, I'm on week two of our four-week stretch, or week three of our four-week stretch. It's actually been an eight-week stretch, but I took a week off in between because my body can't go eight weeks in a row. So just trying to um, rest and, like, listen to my body when it is tired, I think that's the most important thing. And, um, yeah, I probably won't play any clubs today. Awesome. That's very good. So what about um, balance in other areas of your life? Obviously, you're, you're golfing a lot, and, um, you know, you've, you've got to have some uh, balance there as far as family and friends. What do you do to try? Because yes. you're, you're traveling, as you said, you know, your drive drove eight hours yesterday. So, um, you know, I don't know whether you buddy up with somebody else uh, or you're on your own a lot, but it's got to get a little bit boring, a little bit lonely sometimes. What do you do to, to find balance in that area of your life? I like it was a little bit boring last year because I didn't know as many people as I do now, but I have so many friends out here. I love I love traveling. Like yesterday I traveled with some friends and then um we traveled in like a caravan, stopped at the beach, stopped at the lake and it it's so fun, especially this tournament because we're all staying in the same hotel and the golf course is right out our back door. Um, so I get to see everybody and see everybody at at breakfast and lunch and, you know, we all find things to do. Like we have, we have a boat ride tonight that we can take around the bay or something I have to go sign up for, I heard, because it fills up really fast. But like we had that tonight and we have another pro-am party tomorrow night. And then we have like an event Thursday night. So it's so fun because you meet all these girls and they're all trying to do the same thing you're doing. And it's really cool because everybody has the same goals and, and drive and you kind of find your group. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've been lucky enough to find some really nice uh, friends out here and to travel with. So I'm not, I'm not lonely. And then I go home for my off weeks and get to see my family. So it's super nice. Like I have the best of both worlds. Yeah, and and I think it's good, um, particularly for for those of you that that live here in the United States. But uh, I'm sure it's difficult for some of the ones that are, are traveling that come over from overseas, um, or they don't maybe have family and that. So I'm sure it's difficult for some of the girls. Um, but it's nice that you guys sort of all work together and and try to to form groups and of friends and, and that on tour. So at least it it makes everybody feel like they've got a kind of a family here, even if they don't technically. Um, one other thing I want to ask you is. Um, you know as well as as C and I do that when you're playing on tour, uh, you're not always going to win. Uh, there's going to be some weeks, obviously many weeks uh, in your career that you're not going to win. Um, and just like we mentioned earlier, you know, last year at the Forsyth Classic, you were in a sudden death playoff, but ultimately didn't uh, capture the win. How do you handle disappointment when things don't go the way you had planned, uh, even though you've played your best? How do you handle disappointment mentally um, so that it doesn't affect you long term? Oh my gosh, like if you play your best and you shoot 15 under and someone comes in and shoots 16 or 17 under, like 
there's nothing you can do about that. Like I played um, last week at the Four Winds Invitational, and I was leading with Perrine Delacour and August Kim. We were in the final group. We played in three since the last day because the weather was bad. We we're all at four under, and then I was leading at one point. I was seven under, and then she just went like birdie, 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 and you know I made a I made a bogey, and then I made a birdie, and I birdied the last hole. But it's like, ha- you know, I was so happy for her because it's like you play that well, and you deserve to to win. And if I can make birdie, birdie, birdie as well, like great, then I I win. But I, you can never compare yourself to how someone else is playing. And that's the beauty of golf is it's like, it's such, it's such an individual sport. And I really see it as that. I don't, I don't ever see myself as competing with other people. It's, it's, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm competing with myself and I'm trying to get better every day. And I look at a golf course and try to compete with the golf course. Like how can I attack these holes? How can I do better on these holes than I did last year? And in my practice rounds, like, where should I put the ball? So, you know, someone hits a hits a driver like over the lake, and I don't know if I can carry the lake. Like, I'm gonna take a three wood and just know I can hit it here and still have 130 in. So it's small things like that, and um, just kind of having that mentality. I think I don't, I'm never I'm never disappointed if I play my best. Yeah, that's some great advice. Um, you know, Cindy. Um, that Jillian gives for for our amateurs out there because you know a lot of people look at the overall picture and really what you're doing is you're you're dealing with the tasks at hand you know you know your limitations just because a competitor comes up and you know belts it uh, a mile and maybe you don't have quite that ability um, you play to your strengths and and not to somebody else's strengths. And and Cindy, I really like that. And I I know you try to instill that with your students. Um, Cindy, any final closing thoughts before we let, uh, or or comments or questions that you have uh, for Jillian before we let her go? I just absolutely love your attitude. And I believe that, (laughs) well, because you speak the truth. And Mm -hmm. I, I also, you know, I teach an awful lot of kids and, and so many of these kids are trying to beat each other. And what you have to instill in them is what you just said. You're playing against the golf course. And when you play on tour or I go out to a legends tour event, there's a mutual respect because everyone that's there has gone through the fight to try to become the best they can possibly be. And instead of shooting each other's other down, you're there congratulating each other for all the hard work you've put in. And I just, that's the coolest part of playing golf at the highest level, in my opinion. So kudos to you and all your buddies out there and go make a bunch of birdies this week. (laughs) Thank you. And if you, if like anybody watched the NWGA tournament at Augusta, I mean, talk about two class acts like Maria Fossey and Jennifer Cupshow. They knew what they were doing for the game of golf, and they're two of my really good friends. And it's like they were high fiving all day, and they're congratulating each other. And it's like you make a birdie, you give someone a fist bump. Like it's awesome, you know, because you know how it feels to make a birdie, and you you do want to <laughs> you do want to ultimately beat each other. I'm not saying don't be competitive, um, but it's like being happy for one another because you all know what what it takes to do stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great some, job. some great, yeah, some great advice. So good luck this week. And, and uh, if you uh, pull it off this week, we'll, we'll talk to you next week again on the show. That'll be your, your three <laughs> uh, here on the women of golf. So, so uh, get out there and win for us. We want to have you come back. I agree with Cindy. I think you've got a great attitude and, and I know you've got a, a, a incredible career ahead of you and it's just really getting started. So, Thank you, Jillian Hollis, for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf, and good luck this week. All right, Ted, Cindy, thank you all so much for having me. All right, right. bye-bye. All right, winner of the Forsyth Classic on this Metro Tour, Jillian Hollis. Uh, Great uh, young lady, Cindy. And, Cindy, before we bring on Vicki, let's uh, remind everybody you've got a a great uh, um, offer for our listeners out there, uh, especially in the corporate world. Let's set that up, and then we'll play the clip. 
Well, again, everyone knows that the game of golf is used as a business tool and more than just locally, but on the tour as well. So go ahead and play the real. Everyone knows business deals are made on the golf course. Knowing how to act is just as important as how you hit it. As an LPGA professional and corporate trainer, I offer workshops, seminars, and executive retreats to teach you how to do both. From the back nine to the boardroom, improve your team from the inside out, or Golf 101 for Executives might be the perfect fit for your team. Maybe it's time to make some deals on the course. For more information, go to CindyMillerInc.com. Couldn't said it better myself. Uh, for those listening, go to CindyMillerInc.com after, and you can reach out to Cindy Miller and uh, and do just that. All right, our next guest is uh, Vicki Getz-Ackerman. She's the uh, current president of the LPGA and a member of the Teaching and Club Professionals. Uh, in addition to her uh, tenure there, she also sits on a number of other uh, boards, uh, the LPGA Independent Director Board, the LPGA Foundation Board, and the AJGA Board. Uh, and here's also just a few of her athletic accomplishments. Uh, as a professional golfer, she's uh, been an LPGA professional since 1993 and played uh, since 94. Uh, she finished second in the LPGA Corning Classic in 2000 and 2004 and was ranked as the number one putter in 04 and 05. As well, uh, she also received the William and Mousie Powell Award in 2006. Six, excuse me, and uh, she was inducted to the um, Georgia Hall of Fame uh, class of 2012. So, Cindy, let's uh, welcome our very special guest, Vicki Getz-Ackerman. Good morning. Hi, how you doing? We're doing well, my dear. We're so glad you joined us. Well, glad to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Go ahead, Ted. Well, we well we appreciate it very much. And I know you were on board for a minute or two um, as we were saying goodbye to uh, Jillian, who just won, as I mentioned, this past weekend Symmetra uh, Tour Forsyth Classic. What do you think about what she had to say um, or, or commented on uh, about attitude out there and handling disappointment. Oh, I thought she was fantastic. I mean, I, I love the fact that she basically was saying she plays the golf course. Um, I think so many times, and, and Cindy hit on this too, that we hear um, junior golfers or younger golfers uh, going head-to-head with um, the people that they're playing with. And at the end of the day, the great thing about the sport is that it is you against the golf course and the elements. And um, I always say that if you shoot 65 and you, and you lose uh, the tournament, uh, kudos to the person who won, and, and you should be happy with the fact of how you played. Um, but vice versa, if you, if you shoot 80 and you win, maybe you didn't do as well uh, as you thought. Um, so um, I, I, love, I love the fact that she is um, congratulatory to her competitors. And, and also, you always want the person you're playing with to make the putt. You want them to make yep. it, and you want, and you, you should expect them to make it. So um, it was very refreshing to, to hear um, her speak, and, and I think that will bode well for her in the future for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I think you have to be supportive. And that's one thing, you know, as, as you just mentioned, um, Vicki, that, you know, this game, this sport um, really leads to um, good sportsmanship. I mean, you you want to Absolutely. obviously be competitive, as she, yeah, as she said out there, but at the same time, you want to be supportive of your fellow players. You don't want them to, to play lousy and, and, and you know, you, you want to be, beat them fairly and honestly, and you want them to, to play their best as well. And, and that makes it more exciting when you do win if your competitor is playing at their best. So um, the sweeter Absolutely. the victory, if you will. Yeah, so let me ask you something, and then, uh, Cindy, I'll, I'll throw it over to you. Um, tell us a little bit about some of your roles as uh, the LPGA pr- president. What, what are some of the things that uh, you do in that position? Well, it's kind of evolving. Every year it kind of changes a little bit um, with what the initiatives are for the organization. But basically I represent the player body and their views and thoughts and um, and help um, give that direction to to our leadership, Mike Wong and his, and his team, and, and also to help um, bridge the gap of communication with the players, our tournaments, and our sponsors. I mean, it's basically all of us working together um, to produce a great product. So um, it's, it's, it's a great system that we have going on. We have our player director board that I'm a part of um, that works with independent board. Um, and it, it's, been, it's been fantastic to be a part of the organization after I played on it for 16 years and be able to represent the players um, for the future generations. Very interesting. 
Um, what's been some of the most difficult challenges um, in that position? What are some of the things you said it's always evolving and always changing? Is that one of the difficult challenges is sort of keeping up with the changes or, or are there some other things that, that can sometimes be a little bit difficult? Well, I, I, I think at the end of the day, um, the, the changes that happen each year and evolving to grow the organization and um, get more viewership and um, grow the purses and seeing the talent level um, develop out there, I think that's exciting. I mean, um, it's definitely not a monotonous job where, you know, same old, same old. Um, but there are some things that, you know, um, do kind of last in the organization with um, things that the players um, – um, more on the regs and things that they deal with on a daily basis that probably haven't changed a whole lot over the years. But overall, I mean, in the big picture, I mean, we're looking to continue to grow the game of golf, um, like I said, for future generations. And it's really been um, incredible, especially since Juan has taken over on um, the the schedule the places that we play now, the venues are unbelievable. Um, the tremendous sponsorships that we've gotten and been partnerships with now um, is pretty cool. And, and it, I, I definitely think the future is bright for women's golf and golf in general. So it's been great to, to be a part of that. And I think that's important that our focus stays on the big picture of the tour and the game um, versus the little minute things that kind of pop up here and there. Right, right. Well said. Um, Cindy, go ahead. Can you clarify the difference between the player director board and the independent board? Absolutely. So um, basically how our um, tour works and how our founders set it up is that um, the players would have overall, I guess you'd say power, so to speak, in that we have a majority vote. And the player directors are voted amongst um, the player body. And there's six player directors, and then the, the president is seven. Um, and then the independent board are um, executives, um, either retired or currently still working, that come and they volunteer their um, time and service to the organization, and there's six independent board members. Um, and we meet um, four times a year um, as a total board. Um, we also have the president of the TNCP as well as Mike Wan on that board. But um, at the end of the day, the overall vote of LPGA members is always greater than the than than the vote of the independent board, which is pretty unusual for a sports organization for the players to um, have that much, um, I, I don't know if power is the right word, but um, because I don't look at it as a power issue because we all work together, but have that much voice in the organization, I should say. Wow. That is unusual. It, That's awesome. Yeah, it's very unusual. I mean, and, and it's great because our, our players, you know, um, because they do have that voice, I think they're really bought into the whole um, system and the things that are happening. And, and, and we're very transparent with our organization, with all of our membership. Um, and, and we work together as a team to, to do the right thing for the tour moving forward. So sometimes there's things that maybe um, have a little bit of pushback, but at the end of the day, it's the right thing for the organization, and everyone knows why we're doing things, and, and so we do it. That's great. That's great. I mean, again, it's a win-win-win for everybody. Absolutely. So now I have to shift states here. Um, okay. It's funny, but most people don't really – they want to be known as the number one long hitter, but I want to be known as the best putter. So you've done that <laughs> twice. You're like magical. Tell us what the key is. Well, you know, it's funny because um, uh, long story short is – I laugh because it's amazing that I can remember this – is I lost the um, PJ Junior Championship at uh, Bell Reef Country Club, I think, when I was uh, 14 years old um, due to missing three um, putts inside two feet. And I vowed that I would never lose a golf tournament for that reason again. And I came back and um, – I decided that I was going to get on the chalk line and I don't know why I came up with this, but I said, well, I'm going to make a hundred in a row every day. And um, I figured if I did this every day, that um, that would never happen again. And by God, it didn't. So, um, you know, for me, it was really putting in the reps and the time, um, probably a bit of an overkill now that I'm, you know, 46 and can look back at it, but um, it was my way of, 
you know, really making sure that my alignment, my lines, my setup, um, everything stayed consistent on a daily basis. It was also a way to work on my stroke because I could see the path. And then finally, and probably the most important, is that I saw the ball going in the hole. I mean, I think a lot of people, when they practice their putting, they go to, you know, 10 to 15 feet, and they never see the ball go in. Um, the goal is to make the putt or at least have good feel and to me, I've always was seeing the ball go in the hole. I either hit short putts on the line, around the horn, or long putts. And literally, when I would get on the golf course, I'd be like, well, this is a chalk line putt. This is easy. Like, it's a done deal. So um, I've tried to instill that in my son. We're still working on that a little bit. you got to buy into the system yourself. Um, but to me, it was just really making sure that I continue that process. And there was very few times that my putting uh, let me down over the years. That's awesome. Sometimes you lose and sometimes you learn. Good for you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Ed? You know, that's great. You know, really putting is the anchor, I believe, in, in golf. I mean, when you know that you can putt solidly, it, it can make up for some other uh, mishaps along the way. Uh, it's it's a good way to recover. Um, Vicky, let me ask you something while we're talking about um, playing and, and obviously uh, we're going to talk a little bit about teaching as well, but there's obviously a, a lot of people getting into, especially young girls getting into golf now. They see uh, some of these LPJ and Symmetra Tour stars out there, and they kind of think, well, you know, I'd like to do that, or I'm interested in doing that. Um, what are some of the initiatives that are going on right now to not only get them in as players, but also maybe getting them into the teaching side of, of golf as well? What are some of the initiatives that the LPJ is doing to, to try and spur uh, more growth in that area in the teaching side? Well, um, to start off with just getting girls into the game, we have our um, girls golf program, and that's been very successful and um, increasing the numbers of young girls playing golf and giving them um, an area that's a safe area that they can have fun and be themselves of. We've also developed um, academies, which bring in golf and also um, gives them the empowerment of, you know, adolescent struggle a little bit with being, being confident and secure with themselves. So we've developed these academies, and, and we're working on, uh, you know, what is the next step once you get these kids, you know, you have them in girls' golf and you have them in the academy, but then once they get off to college, you know, how can we keep them involved in the game? Um, we have um, now also the Women's Amateur Association, which we're hoping to, to get some uh, young women, um, and, and all women for that matter, to continue in the game and have that outlet of, you know, getting into clinics or participating within your local community in some events. Um, so that's one of the things that we're doing right now. As for the teaching, um, we're really trying to reach out to um, the college level because there's so many um, young women, and, and really, if they think about it, all kids that are in college usually – 1% are the ones that continue on into the professional level. So there is the next move. And a lot of people who are in golf love the game and, and want to be a part mm -hmm. of it. And so we're really trying to reach out to that college level and also the symmetric level to give them an understanding of what they could do next if golf playing on the golf course is not their, their uh, final move, so to speak. Um, and, and even for the ones that are currently playing – you know, about 85% of the ladies on tour will continue on with another job. Um, so um, the natural progression, you know, for a lot of them is to get into teaching and to continue to be a part of the game and, and give that knowledge that they have learned through the process of taking numerous lessons themselves and being in competitive golf to the next generation. So we're, we're, we're diving in there. I think that we do have a lot of work on continuing to grow um, that awareness for the TNCP, but it's definitely something that um, is on our plate and we are working on as an organization. Yeah, well said. Um, something else I want to ask you as well, and then, then Cindy, I'll, I'll pass it on back to you. Um, I think obviously what's important too is to see women in positions of power in the golf industry. And one that's obviously mm -hmm. happened here this last year is is the position of the uh, president of the PGA of America, Susie Whaley. That obviously sent a very strong message um, within the community that, you know what, women can, with obviously some hard work and, and dedication, can strive to reach some of the, the, the biggest positions in the golf industry. How important do you think um, that says to young women that look up and say, you know what, 
maybe one day I can be the president of, you know, uh, whether it be the PGA of America or even the LPGA. How important of a message do you think does that resonate with young women? I think it's, it's it's huge. I mean, I think that the the, the truly young young generations um, completely um, they're they're thinking that there's no there's no barriers, which is fantastic, and they're thinking that because there's so many barriers that have been knocked down by the women before them, um, right. which right. I think is 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 important. Um, I mean, because you know, I I only I have a son, but I, I, growing up, you know, my parents both. Um, you know, basically gave me, you know, empowered me to do whatever I wanted to do. And I never felt like because of my gender that that was going to hold right. me back. Um, that's what we want. And I think, you know, Susie in her position and other women in, in all things besides even golf um, have been very empowering. And um, and I, I teach a lot of juniors that are girls. And um, it's interesting, you know, because with Augusta National and the women's um, mm-hmm. amateur that was there, um, that was that was incredible for them and to think that they can play Augusta National at some point in their life um, and maybe even more tournaments than just that um, I think is really um, important to the game and to um, uh, young girls. Right. Well, I, I agree as well. Um, Cindy, go ahead. Again, I'm going to shift stage. Tell us about the fact that you have joined the LPGA teaching division and about your son because I know he's a really good player and what life is like as a normal human well you know what it's interesting um and I, I kind of chuckle at myself with the the whole teaching division is that I was I was the person that um you know basically I started teaching because I I was asked out of nowhere I knew I was tra- transitioning out of um playing and um, the GM at Buckhorn Springs Golf and Country Club at the time was like, you know, listen, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I have no idea. I said, you know, um, I'm totally prepared for the move on here, but I don't know what I'm going to do. And he asked me if I was interested in teaching. So I got involved, and my first uh, student was an 80-year-old man, and and uh, I'll never forget, I mean, like he kept wanting me to repeat things over and over again, and that's just what he, his style and what he wanted, and he was a little bit hard of hearing. And so um, I'm on the range, and there's all these other people, and they're hearing, you know, shift your weight, turn. You know, I'm like, oh, God, i got to at least move off the range where no one else is standing because they don't all need to hear all this. But um, as, as I started teaching, I, I really I enjoyed, I enjoyed the aspect of kind of seeing that light bulb go off in my students and really being able to help them. And then as I grew in my position as LPGA player president um, and learned more and more about our whole organization, I mean, I think a lot of times as a tour member, you know, we do our best to, to educate um, all the membership, but you kind of lose sight of, of all the different um, kind of uh, fingers of the organization. And I got to understand the TNCP and their um, education process. So I went through it. And I, I, as I said, I, I learned um, how much I didn't know. Um, and I also learned what I did know, which was pretty cool, too. So um, I've been a huge advocate of our membership, um, the tour players in particular, um, going through the program. Because I always say you don't know what you don't know. Um, and, and we all should want to educate ourselves more and, and, and grow. I mean, you don't want to stay stale in any position in life. So continuing educating and learning the process is fantastic. As for my son, he's actually taught me a lot um, because as he's gone through um, the stages of golf, and, and I just want to start off by saying all I desired in my life was to be able to walk nine holes with my husband and son one day. And when I had that day, which was quite a few years ago, I was pretty much complete. Um, I'm pretty lucky that um, that he, he does enjoy the game, don't know where he's going to go with it. If he quits tomorrow, we're good. I got my nine holes in. Um, if he continues on to b- bigger and better things, fantastic as well. Um, but it really taught me on how he thinks on the golf course and how my other students are thinking on the golf course so that I became a better teacher. Um, I caddied for him quite a bit in the U.S. Kids events because you have caddies. Um, and I think that he's just taught me a lot about communication and um, and the thought process that's going to um, young kids' heads, as well as all amateurs. Um, little side note, my, my son is he's 13. He's all of 89 pounds. We haven't broke that 90 mark yet. But um, 
it used to be when we go play that we'd run up there and see who outdrove who. He he's like forty by me now, so it's not even exciting for him anymore. He just pounds <laughs> <laughs> it by me. Um, but I will say, I will say, on a head-to-head match, I've I've not gone down yet. Um, I, I told wow. him, and I say this with all my students. I said, listen, if you beat me, you beat me, because I'll never let you win. I, I mean, I, I'll set the game fair, but I will never let you win. And uh, now I, I will say that there's a couple times that had we been keeping score or whatever, he would have got me. But if we're having a match, I mean, I'm I'm holding strong right now. Uh, that day is going to come, but it I, I, it hasn't come yet. So <laughs> it's, it's good fun in our family when we go play golf. Awesome. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, let me ask you, um, speaking of playing – Vicky, um, mm-hmm. you know you've you've had the, the pleasure of, of playing uh, with some of the uh, best players in the world uh, on the LPGA. Who was some of the toughest? Just maybe name one or two of the toughest competitors that you played against that you thought, wow, these 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 women got some some teeth out here. Oh my gosh! Well, there's so many, but my my two I, probably my two coolest experiences. Um, and they're kind of night and day in um, in how they are. But I, I was um, tied for the lead in, um, at Waikiki Country Club with Dottie Pepper. And um, uh. I tell you what, I mean, like I hadn't been in that position, um, I think, ever on tour at that point. And I was I was young, one of my first few years. And, you know, she's just, she's just tough, okay? She's a tough <laughs> competitor. And, you know, um, you know, at first she wasn't saying good shot, none of that. And I was like, you know, she is not going to ruin my day. I'm going to have a great time. Well, it ends up that by the eighth hole, I think I broke her, and she finally laughed at something I did out there. And um, and we're, we're really good friends, and I totally respect her as a player, a person, a competitor, all of the above. But um, it was just amazing how how – tough she was and how focused and and I, I believe she won I know I didn't um I know <laughs> I believe she won the event and it, it was it was pretty cool to just see how she worked her way around the golf course and the other time that I remember is um I had the pleasure of playing with Laura Davies at the British Open and um wow. this is when Laura was totally in her prime and and she um you know to see the crowds and the respect that she had, um, especially in that arena, was probably one of the coolest things I've ever experienced. I mean, I felt like um, I was really, really blessed to, at some point in my life to have been put in that situation, um, playing alongside her, and um, I'll, I'll never forget that day. Yeah, it's something, you know, I, I'm laughing to myself because for some reason, I don't know why, but I knew you were going to say Dottie Pepper, because um, I agree with you, I've I've watched you, you over the years, and I've watched um, Dottie play, and plus many others, of course. And and Dottie was a fierce competitor. Um, I mean, you could you could just see it in her expression. Um, but obviously, a, a class player as well. And Laura Davies, I could see that as well. I mean, she was a powerhouse when she was uh, in her prime on tour. I mean, she was one of the first people I remember that was knocking them out 300 yards. So, um, you know, she just had an incredible. Um, power uh, in the game, but um, I could see where those would be uh, some of your choices. Um, Cindy, any final thoughts or, or comments before we uh, we wind up? No, I just want to thank you for everything you do for the LPGA, and I've had the pleasure of sitting in numerous executive committee meetings with yeah. you, and I just I really enjoy your your attitude, your when you. You just have great demeanor about you, and I and I just love hanging out with you. So thank you so much. Oh well, thank you, Cindy. I think that you're a um, remarkable person yourself, and and it's been you know a pleasure to to work alongside all these great women and people within the organization. I mean, I've learned a ton. I keep learning, and um, just feel fortunate to be surrounded by um, great people. And and this was a pleasure being on the show. Anytime you want me, happy to happy to chat. And I um, wish you guys both all the best. Well, we thank you very much, Vicki, for taking time out of your busy day. And, and um, we would love to have you come back anytime when you've got some uh, great things that maybe you want to share, maybe some new programs or things like that. Just uh, reach out Fantastic. and we'll be happy to uh, 
to have you come on. So thank you very much and, and have a great day. And, and um, we appreciate, again, you giving up your time. No problem. Y'all take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Um, that was our second special guest this morning, uh, Vicki Getz-Ackerman, the uh, president of the LPJ and a member of the Teaching Club Professional Division. Um, very, very, uh, again, another person that just has such a great personality and upbeat, and, and obviously um, you know her obviously much better than I would, but um, you've had a chance to work with her. What was some of the things that impressed you um, working with her uh, alongside her? Just the calm demeanor and the wisdom because of the experience, you know. So, again, I just – you want to hang out with people that are smarter than you, who've been where mm-hmm. you want to go, and then shut up and listen. You know, I was yep. at the uh, Seattle event last week on the driving range next to Sandra Palmer and Joanne Carner, and – we were talking about playing in pro-ams and kids. And I said, I said out loud in front of them, how cool is this to have all this wisdom standing next to me? Why would no, you know, anyone should just say, Hey, you know, can you help me? Right. Excuse me. I sneeze. Right. Um, and, and Joanne Carner comes over in her rough, gruff way. I love her stuff. She goes, yeah, it's great. I'm playing in a pro-am with this guy who's the worst player in the group. And we get on the green, and this guy's trying to read the putt. How stupid is that? You know, so it, it's just the wisdom. It's priceless. So I I see Vicky that way because I think she's just so – she's calm, she's cool, she's collected. She doesn't overreact. She just sits in, takes it all in, and then gives a response. And it's just she's filled with wisdom. So I appreciate hanging out with her. Wow, we got to get Joanne on the show. That would be that would be a hoot. Oh um, some, yeah, somehow we got to figure that out, Cindy. We got to get her on. Let me ask you. We just got a minute or two, and then then we'll we'll close out here. But um, I want to ask you the same question I just asked her. Is you you've had the pleasure of playing out on the LPJ and and obviously now the the Legends Tour and that who were uh, maybe one or two of the players that you really um, saw. I mean, obviously there's a lot of great competitors out there, but was there specific ones in your mind and your experience that that you said, "Wow, these these girls uh, again really have some teeth." Have some teeth. Yeah, uh, meaning in other words, they they're really tough out in the golf course. You really saw that they're they're highly competitive. And was there anyone that stuck out to mind that you can think of? Well, again, I played an awful lot with Joanne. I lived in her Airstream trailer when I worked at Palm Beach National, and she just—you know what it is? It's the confidence. Mm-hmm. What I'm learning, and again, it's never too late to learn. And right. listening to all the young girls that we have on the show every week, they're learning yep. the right things from the right people. This is not about beating each other. This is about becoming the best you that you can be. And when you yep. know your own game and you stick to that, <clears throat> you can only do the best you can do. And I think that's my biggest lesson is Right. You know, Joanne Carter kills the ball. I'm never going to kill the ball. Get over it. Don't even try to be someone you're not. Try to be the best you that you can be. And that's that's what I would say, you know, to the listeners and the lesson that I've learned along the way. Same thing with my husband. My husband played on the tour for 15 years. He played in the Masters five times. He's the second purest ball striker Dave Powell's ever tested. But he doesn't hit it far. He just he plots right. along. You know, he's like Ernie Howells, Jason Duffner, he just blah, 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 and just hits it dead straight. He's not trying to be Tiger Woods. Don't try to be somebody right. you're not. Yeah, that's that's a great point. And just as, you know, Vicki, um, you know, when you look at her stats, she was number one putter. I mean, she wasn't bombing it, um, you know, a mile, but she had a solid putting game, and obviously it showed in, in, uh, in her career. Um, very great, uh, very interesting discussions this morning. I, I really enjoyed having both of these uh, women on the show, and obviously every week we have some great guests. But uh, this week particularly was uh, was interesting. Um, you know, Jillian had some great things to say as well as Vicky. 
Um, on that note, we're going to wrap up here. We appreciate everybody joining us this morning on the Women of uh, Golf Show. And on behalf of Cindy Miller and I, I'm Ted Odorico. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week here on the Women of Golf. Thank you, Cindy. Thanks, Ted. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening this morning to the Women of Golf Show. Tune in live each week by visiting blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. If you can't join us live, check out our on-demand section for previously aired broadcasts. To get updates for future shows and upcoming guests, you can follow us on Facebook at Women of Golf. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ted and Buck CEO and Cindy at Cindy Miller Golf. Please remember to join us next week on the Women of Golf Show. See you next time. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.